Welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. We're going to talk about a movie we watched that we assume would be terrible. And in case you think that sounds like every bad movie podcast, let me state it's not a bad movie. It's a made-for-TV bad movie. And today, we have both Kathleen and Dawn in the same episode. Yay! Your dreams have come true. <laughs> you didn't know you were dreaming about it. But Nightmares, dreams. Yeah. It's hard to tell the difference. <laughs> Be sure to leave state and enjoy the rest. And on that weird note, <laughs> I'm glad we're here. <laughs> so, uh, what movie did we watch? I don't know. What was it called? Dying to be loved. I mean, could any title be better than that? I mean, it's got dying in it. And to be loved. <laughs> I always want to know how to be loved. That's that's the way you create lifetime movie titles. Usually, is there's death or murder or secrets, and then uh, there's love or romance or desire, desire yeah. lust. Yeah, this is how you create them. They have like cards, and they like mix them up in a bowl, and then the creators, you know, pull them out and then put them together and see if it works. I wonder if they do titles first and then story second. Oh, yeah. Probably. That, that mixes it up and makes it more fun. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a drinking game for them or something. <laughs> well, you could do that with the whole plot points, too. Okay, yeah. we're going to have a mother, or we're going to have a daughter, we're going to have a babysitter, we're going to have a, a, a second wife. <laughs> like Mad Libs. Yeah. And are we going to have someone who did a crime, or are we going to have someone who didn't do a crime and got, like, falsely accused? That's two different directions we could go. Really murdered or pretending to be murdered and or suicided. Suicided. <laughs> yeah, these two kids, we think that they suicided themselves. Yes. <laughs> to murder to death by themselves. Otherwise, A very suicide. deadly death of dying. <laughs> and as you can tell by the title, it's a Lifetime movie. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a Lifetime original. Original. Well... You know how original it's, are the originals? It's a lifetime derivative. <laughs> exactly. That is more accurate. Thank yeah. you. There's some quotation marks. Original. Original. Yes. yes. All right. So, did you want to tell them what the story's about? Or? Sure. Uh, at a high level, there is a uh, At the highest girl. level, there is a... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember. Do I remember any of their names? I have Connor's name. That was the stepdad, but I don't know the main character's daughter's name. Nope, so we're going to have to give them fake names, otherwise this just gets confusing, and it'll get more confusing <laughs> if you see the movie, and you'll be like, there's no one in there named Bitsy, and I'll be like, yes, but Bitsy was, no. Alright, so what names do you want to give the mom? Big Eyes? No. <laughs> sure. It's Big Eyes McGee, and her daughter, uh, Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. And then the boyfriend, Gary, whose name I actually remember. Was Psycho Gary. Gary. Psycho, Psycho Gary. Gary. And then there was... Unsupportive Connor. Unsupportive Connor. There we go. Um, <laughs> so uh, Debbie Downer and uh, Psycho Gary, at like, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the movie, are stu suicided to death. <laughs> and Or so we think. Murdered by their own hands. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, the mom, Big Eyes McGee, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, she uh, does not believe that they're actually dead, and she thinks that they're on the run um, 
because earlier Psycho Gary shot a random man who cut them off in traffic. Which, you know, we're going to talk about later about the dangers of road rage. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, the, I mean, that's the, that's the basic premise of this movie. Yes. <laughs> so we pretty much jump in at the beginning. We see this wonderful scene where... Media res. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's where you start, like, at the beginning without any sort of context. Oh, and, you know, True Flame is the first minute, so you should say the first minute. Because oh, that's to me, the true. First, oh, was a Go on, talk about the first minute <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> Well, we see this young couple driving up to this area with a bridge, and you see them opening up the back of the car and taking out cinder blocks and a a lot of uh, chains, and they walk up to the bridge and this side, and then there's, you see the camera panning, the uh, actual security camera, and you can see them chaining themselves to these things, and then the camera pans away. And pans back to her, and you see her red scarf hanging on the rail. Yeah, that director loved that yes. red scarf. There Very was like a love affair going on with that red scarf. Lots of red scarf in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even a moment with black and white and a red scarf and a blue <laughs> box, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So then we jump back six months earlier. Yeah. Um, and Kathleen actually starts watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we see Gary um, feigning strangulation of Debbie Downer. He does that really, it's supposed to be cute, sneaking up behind his girlfriend to give her a scarf in a way that is like a psycho killer. Going, <laughs> yeah. They like to do that in the beginning of scary movies. Like, oh, we're going to jump in with action. Oh, no, someone's just doing something co- totally innocuous. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how many people in real life have, you know, pretended to strangle someone while giving them a scarf. Yeah. I don't think it's romantic. <laughs> Truthfully, that doesn't work for romance for me. Yeah. Even strangulation never turn on for me. <laughs> like, actual strangulation can be fun. Well, well, okay, now. I've here. heard. That's all. Asterisk, we've heard. We've heard. We've heard tell. Truthfully, I don't trust anyone enough not to get too annoyed and actually kill me. <laughs> it's like, no. So anyways, now she has a red scarf. Uh, yes. Which shows her off to be like more of a happy person because she's wearing color. And then she walks to this McMansion where she lives with her mom and Connor, unsupportive Connor. And empty guide Betty. Mom's fiance. Yes. And uh, he's being really strange. Actually, <laughs> it's like you're like, what's going on? And we're all trying to pick up. I and mean, we just started watching movies, so you're trying to understand what's the relationship, what's going on. And why is Connor acting so weird about these pictures? And mm. turns out she almost drowned when she was a kid. Yes. That comes out and you're like, okay. And ever since then. Yeah, that was odd because he's putting up photographs. They're all framed in a box. And I guess they've just moved into this house. So he's putting up pictures. And uh, she starts flipping through the photographs that are framed in this box. And she sees one of herself in the water in a bathing suit. And she says, that was taken the day that I almost drowned. And it just seems like a strange thing to have framed. <laughs> yeah, no, we kept that picture yeah. and we framed it. And you're like, okay, that's okay. Strange. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it was all strange. And so she eventually picked up on weird vibes. And then she's like, mom, where are you? And she goes and finds her mom who's going through all her stuff. It turns out, ta-da, she's been depressive ever since this thing. And she's on meds. And at one point she stopped taking her meds and became suicidal. Her mom wanted to make sure, you know, she was back on her meds. So... 
because she's been acting strangely. And it turns out, unsupportive Connor figured it out. She must have a new boyfriend. And so the mom was happy thinking, oh. Being depressed and acting weird because you have a boyfriend are so similar. (laughs) Teenagers? It could be. Though she's 18, which is, again, the problem with this whole movie. When you're 18, what can you do? She's legally an adult, so. No matter how. Can't do anything. So she is so excited about her boyfriend. The mom's so excited to decide to invite him over. Now, not that kidding, really. I mean, really. And you think you're going to be, yeah, Yeah. you think you're going to be eased in. Like, this guy seems okay, and eventually you find out he's not. Right. But they don't ease you in at all. This guy is like everything you could think of that you would hate to see (laughs) in your child's uh, significant other is there. Yep. Wow. Yep. All right, start naming it off. Don, what's the first one? Bad boyfriend checklist. Yep. I had to remember, actually. There's just too many different things. Uh, he <laughs> drinks wine out of a water glass because he's just guzzling it down. He, earlier on, his girlfriend kind of almost interrupts him and he, like, completely shuts her down. Kind of like, shut up, I'm talking. Yes. Right yeah. in front of the parents the like, first time you meet him. Are you kidding? That's crazy. Then he kind of did this whole... Contentious. He yeah. thinks he does nothing wrong. He's like this. He's like, I'm, you know, what was it? Snowboarder. And we go up to um, Alexandria. Alexandria, and it's you know, I'm amazing. And it's only because I had an injury, but I've got plans for the future. I'm taking classes so that someday I can make money. I always love that job idea. Yeah. I'd like a job oh, yeah. to make a lots of money. Because they were like, whatever makes the most money, right? Yeah. Because all he cares about is money. And but- then Connor, he has a business where <laughs> you can like smart home. Yeah, it's homes. a smart home. And, um, which is actually a great made for TV movie. Watch Smart Home instead of this. There you go. Um, that's a Disney Channel movie, <laughs> but it's great. Um, and so he can, you can like turn on the oven or turn off the oven while you're not there. Uh, I don't know why you would need to do this, but you uh, can. All those commercials, you're at an airport and you go, honey, did you turn off the oven, lock all the doors, shut all the windows? Did you do anything before you left? And you can do it all remotely. Did you manage to dress yourself? I know, seriously. Feed yourself? Are you okay? <laughs> We're going to actually have one of those uh, those printers, the 3D printers for all your underwear, too, because I'm sure you forgot that. <laughs> That's why you just start bringing that on trips. You don't even need to bring, they need to be portable, you know, 3D printers. Goodness. But, so, yeah, it does everything. You can, like, look in cameras on the home and all these other things so that's his business and he was showing off and he was showing off and then uh psycho gary's like oh you probably make a good amount of money or you should be making a good amount of money something he said something like oh that's something you can make a lot of money on and and connor's like well i make a living out to do a job and he's like no i mean really make a good amount of money (laughs) yeah and they have like a nice house so this was like a burn that didn't even I mean, it made sense because he was like, you should make even more money. What are you doing wrong? Kind of. Yeah. Was very strange. And then, and then uh, Connor got all upset, offended. So I have to admit, I'm going to take it back one second. The first thing you realize is wrong with this boy is you meet him and he looks nice enough. But the first thing all of a sudden you're like, so how'd you meet? And like, did you meet in class? No, he's a security guard at the high school. <laughs> so I mean, you're at the college. And so you're like, how old is this guy and what is he doing that he's a security? Well, what I I thought I was curious about too is like, he's a security guard. Does that mean that she had like some sort of problem where she had to see the security guard? Oh, that he might have just never... been walking around and I maybe guess, he yeah, just, he's just you know... doing his rounds and yeah. he likes to flirt with people as he's doing his rounds. <laughs> so uh, here we are. You've got this guy and then he's making these, he's shutting down the girl. 
he's picking fights with the boy boyfriend. I mean, this is this is oh, Bryce. He's and, Bryce. Yeah, and then Connor, in showing off his business, like types in the access code right in front of him to their house to do <laughs> anything to the house. Like all he has just to do is him. yeah, he has just to just him. download this app. And then now he has access to their whole house to do whatever he wants to it. And I have to say that that is one of the things about Lifetime movies that truly makes them mockable. Mm-hmm. Is the way you're literally slammed over the head with these, look, this bad thing's about to happen. This is how the idiot told them how, showed yeah, them how, yeah. gave them access to. I mean, you really do get hit on the head a lot with these movies, I must oh, yeah. say. Yeah. We have a terrible, you know, guest and the mother is just beside herself and says, what can we do? And finally, um, it's like, and then this is when unsupportive boyfriend comes into play. He almost went and got in a fight with a guy earlier. Yeah, really hates this guy, very obviously. Very but now obvious. all of a sudden she's upset and he's like, no, you need to keep calm. You're overreacting. You're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's his big line is, you're overreacting to everything. Everything she says and does is like, oh, I think you should not overreact. Right. And it just, I mean... He's the one who almost got in a fight with him with him meeting him 10 minutes. But all of a sudden now she's upset and worried about real things that you're like, uh, this guy literally, he looks like he's going to be abusive to your daughter because of the way he talks to her. I mean, this guy. He checked out the mom as he was leaving the house. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, as up and down. Yeah. He did the slow. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Okay. More steps as to why. And then the next scene, we see him at his parents' house, his mom and his brother, who's a cop. And how he treats his mother. And so as if you didn't feel it was bad enough, mm-hmm. there it goes. <laughs> he treats his mom like crap too. <laughs> yeah. He like yells at her for ruining dinner somehow. Yeah. Forgot something. And she just completely shuts down and says, She's oh, like, Gary, I'm sorry. Again. That was a creepy part. It's that like was. his mother, not his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Really it was all messed up. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Apparently his dad died when... He he was young and he felt like he had to take that place and so he did and instead of the mom being like okay this is not how you are the head of the family mm-hmm. she was just like okay <laughs> um well which leads you to believe that i'm sure the father was abusive as well yeah, either probably. physically or just verbally, verbally and yeah. yeah he learned that and the brother seems like almost fine but of course here you go with foreshadowing and you're going there's a cop who's a brother of a jerk Ah, there's probably a good sign this isn't good either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. And I thought there wasn't really a need to go as far as they did, but the mom and Gary end up, n- not uh, Gary's mom, but big-eyed mom. She, um... <laughs> She's basically the lead. Yeah, the lead of the movie. Yeah. And you'd recognize her for other movies, so we do apologize for <laughs> any, you know. She's a gorgeous woman. She really is. Yep. But she does have big eyes. She really does. Um, so they end up talking alone. And he says that, oh, you and your daughter and I should have a threesome. And, oh, I want to, like, kiss you and, like, compare, compare you to your daughter. And it was very gross. It was like, we already don't like this guy. We don't need this. Well, that's the thing. They didn't even give us, I think, two minutes to like this guy. I no. Mean, we were immediately, and he wasn't just bad, like, say, on one level. He was bad on so many levels. You're yeah. like, he's rotten to the core. Mm. So then she decides, maybe I need to do a background check. So instead of, like, going on the internet and doing a background oh, check, Oh, no, she, she actually hires... turns out she started herself. Oh, she started herself, but things were 
close. confined. Yeah, like, there was a there was some sort of case against cases. him. Yeah, yeah, when he was a juvenile. So she hires a private detective, and the private detective is able to get more information. And so he's had um, multiple, or at least more than one DUI, and one charge of date rape. And so she's like, I think I should try to interfere with um, my daughter dating this guy. And this is again where unsupportive Connor says, well, this happened a long time ago. And he wasn't convicted or something. Right, like he wasn't that. convicted. Right. It happened a long time ago. And um, she's not going to listen to you, which is true. Right. She may not listen to you. But he acted like, and he was like, and I can't believe you went to a private investigator without talking to me oh, first. Yeah, so it was like, no, no. Very controlling thing to do. I don't really get it, but yeah, I don't know why they were. I didn't like Connor at all. I thought a little. So he's, he's a good so guy. He's okay. Yeah, something he wasn't very supportive. No, no. Yeah, I thought. I don't know if the movie was trying to make you feel like, oh, maybe Connor is a part of something, and maybe he's not trustworthy, or yeah. But I think maybe they were trying to get a question question in your head, like. But I mean, it wouldn't really makes sense if he was, was right off of him too because he wasn't really related to anything no like he, he and gary hadn't met no aside from the fact that the daughter was dating this guy gary so yeah yeah it was a strangely shot scene too don noticed that she was scooting past the uh dining room table in a really awkward way <laughs> and i think it was just so she can stay in frame but then later they like shift the camera so that you can see Connor throughout the whole thing. So I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. I mean, it looked like sexism in film screening. I mean, she was the main character, yet they didn't move the camera for her. She had to practically stumble her way on the table around the chairs and he moves and then they just pan over. It's like, really? But anyway, that was just a side note, but we had to say it was odd. It was odd. Yeah. Anytime you're like thinking about the way something's framed and you're not like a film student it's probably a bad call on their part <laughs> so now here we go to all of a sudden now we go to where this guy who we knew was bad is really bad <laughs> he's driving along and as any you know young male driver he's he's overly aggressive but he actually seemed to be driving pretty normal but this guy comes up behind him is beeping his horn, which was stupid too. It was an open road. Yeah. There was no yeah. reason for him to be beeping his horn. And he zips around them and he gets mad. So he starts to chase him down. But then she yells at him, his girlfriend, she yells at him saying, don't. So he slows down. But of course, this idiot who cuts around them stops at the next gas station, which is, of course, in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's just this gas station. So he pulls over to confront him. And you're thinking, if you're stupid enough to beep your horn at someone and be rude and practically, you know, cut them off and all that, you don't just stop at the next gas station and wait for him to come around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't expect to have a crazy lunatic you know, follow sure. him to the gas station just because he cut around him and beeped him a few times. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. he didn't realize what he did would incite yes. anger. I mean, I would be annoyed because yeah. I would be like, it's an empty two-lane road. Go around me right. fine. But, you know, is there any reason to be... No, it was crazy. But he got mad and so he got up in his face and started yelling and then when the guy kind of started coming back at him, he goes around to the side of the car and during it, the girlfriend... What do we call her? We call her depressed... Debbie Downer. <laughs> Debbie Downer. 
um, has called the police because she's worried they're getting into a fight. So the police are hearing this whole thing now. As he comes to the side of the window, he says, open the glove box. She opens it. He's like, hand me the gun. She's like, what? <laughs> yeah, she like, she takes out the gun and she's kind of looking at it like a snake or something. Like, what is, why do you have a gun? And then he takes the gun out of her hands. So technically now she's going to be an accessory. Because she gave him a thing. gun and it was on tape. So him saying, give me the gun. <laughs> So, and then he goes and he shoots the guy. It was really crazy and he kills him. So, we didn't actually see him shoot him. So, at first I'm thinking, well, maybe he just did a warning shot or something. And then we find out, uh, nope. Dead. He's dead. Dead <laughs> as a <doornail>. yep. <laughs> So, they're both in jail and uh, they have to bail him out and everything. And the part that's so crazy is the girl goes, uh, you know, when he comes out, she runs into his arms. Yeah. After yeah. this man shows he's completely crazy and willing to kill someone over what well, wasn't even really a big fight. That's the part that was kind of weird. It was yeah. a very, I mean, in terms of fights go, I mean, Megan and I have had a louder fight. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so like, it was really just, there was no real, I, it was weird. This guy yeah. just has rage that doesn't even make any sense. So mm-hmm. yeah. So she, the mom's still like, loves him, right. Even the, after all that. Absolutely. Still wearing that scarf in every scene. Yep. Loves yep. that scarf. Well, loves him. She, she talks to her mom. Her mom's like, even after all this, she's like, Mom, you love me, right? And she's even like... Even though I make mistakes. Right. <laughs> this mistakes. is a mistake. Yeah, you don't kill people. Honestly. Not a character flaw. <laughs> oh, this guy's psycho. It's so obvious. <laughs> so, yeah, she she has one good hair scene, right? <laughs> Which is in that scene. The whole movie, her hair is completely Debbie Downer. They do it on purpose because right, this poor depressed you, girl yeah. has straggly hair and she's never been loved, so of course she's desperate to be loved even by a psycho. Yep. And she might say that she's dying to be loved. Oh, <laughs> yes. And then in this See, one that is scene... a good title. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only in this one scene after she's been in prison, she's talking to her mom in the house, that she has her hair looks nice. It's really it's weird. perfectly coiffed. Yes. Yeah. It's like, why did you... Someone messed up. She must have been dressed up for something else and they forgot to put her in the right hair. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But yeah, so after all that... And so the guy, the boyfriend tells her, they're not going to let us go. We need to put our plan in place. And so she's like, okay. So she sneaks out with him. And next thing we know, there's a banging on the door and the cops are there. And they're telling her that her daughter, they're telling Big Eyed that her Debbie Downer is drowned. (laughs) (laughs) Is murdered by suicide. And, uh, you know, we normally don't laugh about death and suicide, but on the <laughs> Lifetime movies. <laughs> exactly. Well, and again, don't want to shock you too much, but they're not dead. So, what? yeah. Gave it away already. <laughs> and she only oh, thought Lord. of it like for a day until she goes and sees the video and she realized with the video, you know, we never actually see them jumping. <laughs> no. Yeah. You see them set up, then the camera pans away. And then it pans back, and they're not there anymore. So you're supposed to jump to the conclusion that they jump to their deaths. But she doesn't. She says, how do we know that they're actually dead if we didn't see them jump? And well, you don't have the bodies yet. And then she's and her daughter is terrified of drowning and drowning. That is not the way she'd want to die. Right. So <laughs> she's, she's got all like, these pills from her depression. Pills, yeah. So, like, why wouldn't she just do that or literally anything yes. else? Yeah. yeah. And then, interestingly enough, the cop that's showing the video to the mother is his brother. 
and not an unbiased source. He's not looking very sad. No, or, or upset no. at all. He's he got a cop face on. Yes, cop yeah. face. He does seem a little upset that Jill. Oh, I just remembered her oh, name. It's Jill, guys. Wow. Oh, no more big eyed. Yeah, you <laughs> like, like, she's like, hey, no. All right, Jill. See, like, some it. people go through, like, hypnotherapy to remember things. I just have to talk about it for, like, an hour, and wow, then suddenly yeah. it clicks into place. It's Jill. Yep. Um, <laughs> the eye is now Jill. <laughs> so he seems um, sad on her part, but is not sad for himself. And, um,. So we think maybe he knows something. Maybe Gary and uh, Debbie Downer aren't actually dead. Um, so I can't remember her name, though, can no, we? No. <laughs> Main character. Was it Emily? Something like that? I don't know. I don't know. It's not very important. No. Um, so she's, like, convinced they're not that they didn't really kill themselves. And, and everyone's like, oh, you're in denial and you have to move forward. Right. And even Connor. He went to... She talked to her private investigator and she's like, let's look more into this. And he gave her some ideas. And then she talked to his mother to, 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 for the private investigator. And the mom did not want to know. She was like, I think they're dead. But even if they're not dead, she's like, I want them to be free. Because otherwise they're going to be in prison. And so her, the mom was. The yeah. best thing about the private investigator, though, is she doesn't call him. Like, he just shows up at the door, <laughs> knocks at the door, and she's like, oh, hello. And he's like, oh, I just came to give my condolences because I'm too busy to remember to call. But apparently he's not too busy to just drop by if he's in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then she already has, like, two cups of coffee laid out on the island and is ready to, like, serve him as if, like, this was planned. But he, we already know it wasn't planned because of the conversation that they just had. And I she's think the like writers really... completely forgot what they were doing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all it just is like, ding dong. Mm -hmm. Did the plot call? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they um, are, are, he's, you know, giving condolences. And she's like, oh, I don't know if condolences are needed. Yeah. And she's like really, really like peppy. And I mean, I guess she's like feeling positive that they're not really dead. But at the same time, she does seem, like, really blithe about the whole thing. Yeah, she does. And like, and I was saying, like, she was, like, thinking of ideas. Well, actually, you know, you don't see them jumping. And she's, like, moving around, kind of, like, talking about it. Like, it's a, a plot line of a mystery she's figuring out. I'm like, this is your daughter might be dead. My, you know, that kind of thing. She's missing. Yeah. You know, she's not dead. She's missing. We know that much. Because, you know. She and she's with the psycho, she's you know. Psycho, little things like that. And she's just, like acting like she's Nancy Drew or something. Yeah, she's so excited to see her <laughs> private investigator friend. <laughs> I know about my something. theories. Hey, everyone wanted to be Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Even Wonder Lovers. Woman into Nancy Drew. Those are my two, okay? <laughs> what were your two? Wonder Woman and Nancy Drew. It's why my oh, wardrobe is so strange. <laughs> I'm pulled in the 50s and in some strange bra and panty thing. It's strange. <laughs> what? Anyway. Um, so... What at what point does do we go back into flashback mode with the black and white? Do you remember? Mm. Was it when she went to the scene to figure out there was a way they, she could see if they left without jumping, like right. a car or something, and then she found the, oh, the Nicorette the Nic gum because Ga Gary chews Nicorette gum. Yeah, but I they didn't call it Nicorette gum because. You know, uh, they copyright. Copyright and everything. <laughs> but I have to admit, I'm a little confused because I don't think they ever fully explained how they did it. 
I mean, obviously the thing went away. They ran off the other side and then went into the woods and somehow came out on some side street, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but they had left the car. Right. So it was kind of a little confusing because it was just like, I don't know. It just kind of made, and then I found gum. Well, couldn't there have been gum when they came in? Did they come Did they come in and come out of different places? I mean, the whole thing was a little strange. It was like almost as if, oh, he had jumped and we found him later down on the river, you know? But that's not what happened. The idea was they didn't jump, so... Right, well, it was on the path. It wasn't near the oh, river. Yeah. It was in the woods. So she's like, ah, they're in the I woods. Gotcha, yeah. Which means they must have run into the woods after. Yeah. yeah. You see oh, them, like, drive up. Right. But they, like, drove away in a different car or something. So she found gum and she found the packet. And then she had the flashback where, what was weird, it was, like, say, black and white, all except for the red scarf and the blue uh, Nicorette gum packet. And it was, like, you can get those portraits done where it's, like, all in black and white and then you, like, choose an item to still have color. Yeah. It was like that. <laughs> Was strange but it was like good find and then she told the pi about it and they were gonna try and do some dna testing even though a lot of it had been degraded and stuff and and then and he as gave she's her... yeah talking to the investigator he says oh you are tenacious <laughs> as though he doesn't want her to like continue employing him which why would he want that <laughs> well not like that but it was like to me those were solid well how hard is it i mean especially since he'd been arrested how hard is it to do a DNA test? I mean, you know, it wasn't like she was going out of her way and tenacious. She was literally saying, I got this gum. <laughs> Couldn't you test it against? So, and then, but he did. And it had been chewed, so yeah. it should have saliva over there. Right. So, and he give, then gave her a good idea about there was groups of people that could help her out with media on, on like online internet stuff to put up a website to try and say, my, I don't believe my daughter's dead. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen this girl? But that, unfortunately, of course, ends up pushing a little bit the guy into, well, now I'm in trouble. I can't move around because my face is out there, you know? Like, everyone goes on that website anyway. There's 10 million websites, but... Yeah, do you think he's just, like, sitting there Googling himself all day? Something like that, because I'm telling you, how would you find it? I mean, there's, you know, I can't tell you how many emails and texts and, you know... I can't even figure my way around Facebook. How would I ever find that again? When you think about it, this guy has, like, such a high regard for himself... So I would not be surprised if he got off on seeing news things about himself, himself suicide, suicide, and suicide how and tragic it was. Yeah, that's true. I think he probably, he and plus he needed to make sure that she wasn't, that no one was catching on that it wasn't a suicide at all. Right. Yeah, that is true. That's true. So he was watching and, uh, you know, we kind of get a look at where he was. And that was supposed to be the shocker moment of, dun, 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 he's really, he's really alive. alive. She's right. No. That, I was shocked. I was, I was really, yeah, not shocked. Shut but, you know. I mean, Connor doesn't think much about her thought processes, so. No. I was, Connor would have been shocked. Yes. Very shocked that she was right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. <I'm> reacting. <laughs> <laughs> so, then. He loves her, though. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, nah, nah. <laughs> we, we would throw him over, but we forgive him though, because he's hot, and later yeah. it's all good. So he's we forgive tall, him. Dark and yeah. yeah, yeah. But you just know yeah. in a case he's rich. He's not yes. as rich as he could be apparently with this business plan. But he's he's, he's rich enough. Smart houses and apps. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, I mean, you stay with him until your next catastrophe, and when he yeah. again lets you down, that's when you divorce him. There you go. You gotta exactly. wait to marry him first, because man, you're gonna come out with nothing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but when things are good. He's good. Yeah. There you go. Just don't go through, you know, trials with this person. Yeah. Because he's going to be like, you're crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so then because Gary has the smart house app 
Password. And password. Oh, nice. He manages to turn on their oven um, without... There's no ignition, but there's gas leaking out of it now. And... Um, Tries to kill Connor and Jill. Exactly. Big-eyed Jill. Big-eyed Jill. And fortunately, Big-eyed Jill is sleeping in their bedroom. They've been fighting. So unfortunately, Connor is in the living room near the oven, and he's... <laughs> Uh, very That's much what you drugged. get <laughs> being not supportive. Being supportive of your uh, fiance. Exactly, you almost die. You almost die because you're on the couch by a freaking gas stove. And you lose all those lines in the movie because now he doesn't get to talk until the end. <laughs> Coma, Connor. Exactly. He reads the script like, damn, I don't have any more. No, nope. unsupportive Coma Connor becomes Coma Connor. <laughs> Just that's the, the karma that connor gets is being in a coma it's lifetime karma thank you, there you go. um so then she has to like drag him along and of course he's gigantic and she's itty bitty and she did a pretty good job though she did yeah um and then uh of course gary's brother is there and he's like oh so he was on the couch eh i don't know what he says he says something like that he didn't say that but we kind of started he was like well it's because he was on the couch that he got so much more but you know and he was kind of going <laughs> but he was on the couch what's going on you know that's what we got subtext yeah. it's your fault <laughs> we were you here almost killed him. <laughs> no, no. Or actually, I was thinking he was thinking, oh, he's on the couch. Now it's my turn to move in. I don't oh, know. I was just, <laughs> creepy family. Creepy family. Um, so then they go to the hospital and uh, the set design of the hospital is very strange. It looks like someone's living room, except there's like a hospital bed and some those machines that like drip stuff into ivs yeah <laughs> Pretty much. as you can tell megan is not in the medical field <laughs> I thought and it's been a while great... since you watched dr so <laughs> i've never watched dr <laughs> she's too young didn't you DR watch them to... for a while oh you watched Grey's anatomy. anatomy yes that's what... i was like oh. there was something you were watching <laughs> i yeah i i did watch Grey's anatomy <laughs> yes okay now let's... i will confess yes but it's been a while since so she's behind so there uh... she has her epiphany of I know where they're hiding. <laughs> and exactly. Because she sees a picture of the wall of mountains with snow on it. And it makes her think of snowboarding, which makes her think of the story that Gary told about how he was snowboarding. And so she's like, oh, I bet he's in a cabin in Alexandria. So she's like, I think I'll just go drive up there by myself. I'm and tell like, no one. Well, she eventually does tell like the private detective, but she's already in Alexandria by the point. And I don't <laughs> think she tells anybody else. I don't even think she tells the private detective where she is, though. Oh, and she's on the phone with him. She's just because he goes, where are you? And she has to click. And you're thinking, really? First thing I would say is I'm sneaking around in the house that I'm pretty sure they're hiding in uh, so in case, dumb. you know, anything happens. This is where I'm at. Yeah. I hate that in movies. It's like those horror movies where you do all the stupid things. Well, in this, that's a stupid thing. Tell no one. Go alone. Yeah. And, I mean, Jill seems like a pretty intelligent woman. I mean, everyone tells her that she's overreacting and crazy. But on the whole, she seems fine. And now she's in Alexandria by herself, asking around, manages to find the house, and then she decides to go to the house. So she drives to the house, and then she tries to walk inside, which it's been unlocked, I guess. So now she's walking inside the house. Earlier, she was in a memorial where her phone was on vibrate, and she saw, like, a notification about um, something. But it wasn't important, I guess, because we didn't mention it. <laughs> no, let's not go back to something. But anyways, she manages to, like, put her phone on vibrate during a memorial. But now that she's, like, her life is on the line, her 
phone is on full volume and it rings because it's a private detective. And she has a whole conversation in the house while she's so sneaking around. around. Yeah, she's like whispering but like really loud. And <laughs> and it's just like, you should not be actually inside the house. This is a bad idea. But she does find her daughter chained up to a workbench inside of a garage inside of this building. She's not dead! Yay! Yay! Except creepy time. Anytime you see a show where to get to the garage, she goes through this uh, plastic, like, oh, literally yeah. like plastic oh. attached door kind of thing yep. that you swing through. It doesn't make anyone else think of Dexter or something. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not good when there's plastic down to keep the blood from going everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it looks like she's about to go into, like, a butcher or something. There's plastic sheeting yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's not right. It was a little creepy. But, yeah, she found her daughter. And as she was trying to un get her out of the chains that she was chained to, in comes not only... Gary. Gary, but dun dun dun! Gary's His brother. brother, the cop. No, <gasps> there's no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so saw that coming, of course. Yeah, <laughs> pretty obvious. So then we have a lovely scene in the living room of this cabin with Gary and the cop and the daughter Emily or what's her face and Jill, and uh, Emily is crying or doing her best. And um, then Gary is waving a gun around and acting in a really frenetic, agitated manner. He was was loving it. He was loving it. Like, this is it for me as an actor. He had the wild eyes and he was just like, had that maniacal kind of smile and (laughs) like really like excited and like, you know, in her face, like with a gun and she's like crying. You know, like he was loving it. That actor was like eating up scenery. As we were saying, he's probably like the sweetest guy. Yeah, I was probably. like, he's probably a nice guy. Yeah, he just really he put it all in it. there. He really yes, he went for it. And he wanted money. He decided he's like, well, now they know we're alive. I'm gonna blackmail her, and to you know, to keep her alive, I'm her and her daughter alive. I want their money, but their money is all tied up because her daughter had been in jail, and she had bonded her daughter out of jail. So right now, her money's tied up completely with the bonds people. So she's like, I got no money. He's like, Okay, well, brother, go get the shovel, the two shovels, and the tarp. And they're like, No. <laughs> I'm like, No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just uh, so she ends up. Her getting her daughter a little bit to the side and then she's able to attack him enough so that they can run out into our favorite place for all these movies into the woods it's always into the woods there's trees everywhere ah! there's so many trees no, in these movies that's the happening you're thinking about that's when the trees are killing everyone well no one would run into the woods then no so they run and they hide and then the only surprise of the whole movie came and I'm going to let Megan surprising. tell you it really was only surprise. So, um, so they're, <laughs> they're running through the woods and we're like, where is his brother anyhow? And then his brother runs up and then, uh, Psycho Gary gets startled, turns around, shoots and shoots his brother. What? <laughs> and so he runs over and he's like, oh no, it looks like you're going to bleed out. And, and his brother's like, you got to call an ambulance. And he's like, I can't call an ambulance. So I'm going to get in trouble. He's like, you can't let your brother bleed out. And he goes, you're right. And then he shoots him in the head. <laughs> oh, what a good brother. Uh, and then, I did the love. Yeah. And then idiot Emily or whatever the daughter's name is screams, <laughs> giving away their location. And then they start running again. And then there's this ridge and you're like, oh, that's going to be important. The fact that there's a ridge. And then somehow Jill just like 
gets really mad and is like, well, no, he, he, he catches up to him. The bad guy catches up to them. He's got a gun and they're both trying to decide what to do. And so she decides, you know what? The only thing I can do, because he is going to kill us, is charge him. But this girl is, what, 5'2", if that. Yeah. And she is weighing, like, I think, mm, 90 pounds. And I'm sorry if you weigh less. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but And she runs up to him. And this is the most realistic of the mo- part of the whole movie. She runs up to him. She goes to tackle him. And all he ends up doing is kind of not even a half step back in, like, a bear hug. Because... She didn't move him an inch. No, <laughs> she she is not. not able to move him, which and does it, make sense. Right. She does not weigh very much. It would not make sense if she was able to move him. But this is where he made a stupid move because he held on to her, not realizing, hey, I may not be strong enough to knock you over, but I know how to lift me. <laughs> Into groin. <laughs> Repeated. Got him off. And then she then, because he was off balance, she was able to run at him again and knock him over the ledge. Yay! Right. And then you would just oh, no. hear him crumble off the side. They and don't show thud. it. And then thud. And then they, sound they uh, yeah, and then they, you look down and there he is. He's all sprawled out on the ground, like 50 or 100 feet below them. And she's like, Mom, is he dead? (laughs) We're like, well, I don't care if he is. We're getting out of here and we'll send someone else back to check. So, yeah, that was good. And then at the end of the movie, um, we see her all dressed up and her hair shorter and looks nice. And and she's wearing an ankle monitor. And she opens the door and in walks walks her mother and Connor. They got married, I guess, without the daughter, and they carried the mom over. They probably did it like a judge wedding or something, you know, at yeah, the poorhouse. Yeah, she was wearing like a suit. Not like a suit. Like a, like what you would wear to court, I guess. <laughs> well, he was carrying her, though. That was nice. Over <laughs> yeah, the threshold. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Maybe a job interview <laughs> to church if you go to a it's conservative church. It's what people church. wear to their second wedding. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. the old lady She's wedding clothes. <laughs> yes. We hate the old lady, lady wedding clothes. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> and that was nice. And then they talked about, um, she's like, you better go get packed for your honeymoon. And the mom goes, well, we're going to wait until you can go with us. Because they're family. family. Yeah, which is sweet. And then Megan and I were also like, of course, you're gonna, you know, I mean, your daughter just disappeared for, you know, thought she was dead. You're not going anywhere without her for quite a while. So it's like six months or three months with good behavior. She was gonna be out of the ankle bracelet and off they could go. So that was sweet. And that was, they did a selfie together, which by the way, looked too good for a selfie. I think that's where they did wrong in the editing because if yeah. someone else took that picture. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been better if they cut off the head or, or yeah, <laughs> the little crooked. It should have been a little something. And uh, so, I mean, you know, happy ending. Bad guy dead. Actually, two bad guys dead. Poor mom all alone. But probably eventually oh, she's yeah. going to be happy that she's out of that. Or she'll just find another, unfortunately, controlling, abusive person. Um, I prefer to think that she has happy, that she's got freedom. <laughs> but now, so yeah, I mean, on the whole, an okay movie. Yeah, I think this is time for our uh, final judgments of this movie. I so, agree. Uh, we have a mockability scale. So for this, we'll have uh, one to five scarves. And then we have a um, actual how good we thought it was. And that's one to five stars. So, Don? Mockability, I guess I'm about three and a half scarves. And um, what was it, the quality of the film? Kind of damn, two stars. Yeah, I mean, I think for a made-for-TV movie, I'll give it three stars. It's not... It's it's not good. It's not bad. But it's what you expect. In the middle. Yeah, it's it's what you expect. 
Um, and then and the for mockability, I'll give it a three scarves for that too. There Ooh. were a couple of really strange moments. Yeah. But nothing super crazy. Uh, I'd give for scarves, I'd give it a three as well. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously Connor the, as the boyfriend as un, you know, and then also crazy boy, you know, those were remarkable, but a lot of it was just themes that were, I mean, a girl who's depressed, who's on medication, who almost drowned and, uh, you know, you've got, then she tried to commit suicide and this guy with this, you know, potential anger. I mean, it wasn't quite as funny as it could have been. And then also yeah, darker in themes. Right. Than right. Usual. Yeah. Just not, you know, I was like, really, should we be laughing too hard at these? Yeah. And then also, um, I, I think in terms of movie, I'd give it two. I felt, you know, it wasn't a bad movie, but it was just so transparent. I mean, I like I said, the only shocking thing was when he accidentally killed his brother. Well, not killed, actually shot, because he did not accidentally kill him. Um, so he that intentionally was, killed him. Yeah, you know, the second so shot. That part was surprising. And, uh, you know, so I, on the whole, not bad. I mean, I think they're definitely better. But, I mean, just the title alone and the fact, that, like say, this guy, the shock factor of how bad he was, was enough to keep you going for that movie. So definitely a good see. <laughs> You're adding another rating system. <laughs> it's a good C. It's a three scarves, two stars, a good C, and a half snap around the world. What? <laughs> Whatever. Well, I think. I think we're done. And I think you're glad we're done, right? <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Hello. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. You can listen to our old episodes on iTunes and some are on SoundCloud. All of the episodes moving forward will be available on iTunes and not on SoundCloud, but they will be available through applications that use RSS feeds, which is a lot of them. So you can look for us around. And if you want to know when our next episode is coming up, we currently do not have a schedule, but you can follow us on Twitter at NABM podcast. And if you just cannot get enough of my voice, you can listen to the episodes that I guest hosted on for the minute by minute movie podcast called As If, which is a minute by minute movie podcast about the movie Clueless. I talked about minutes 47 to 52, I think it was. So you can find them on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, that's As If.